the Lord has, has um, laid on your heart. And I just want to pray for you right now. Our Father, we just thank you for this man. Um, we thank you for his wife, Charity, where she is also, and as he is part, I pray, Father, that you will just him as he share. I pray that his words will be like like arrows in our heart and that you will come and establish things of truth in our in our in our very being god we trust you for the work of your spirit in our lives as you already have been working today we thank you for peter bless him and let him be a, a powerful messenger in your in your hands today in jesus name amen thank you um my name is Peter Chanda. I'm from Zambia. I'm married to charity. And I have five children, four girls and one boy. The first born is 43 years. And the last born is 25 years. I have nine grandchildren. Uh, two of them are in the university, 17 and 18 years. And so the Lord has been gracious to me. Um, you know, when I look at people like this, I normally consider it a privilege, you know, to speak into people's lives. Because I know that, like, the word of God says, the word that I speak, they are life and they are spirit. And if you are speaking on behalf of God, it means God is speaking himself. We are just vessels. And my prayer is that I'll be a vessel, you know, a river channel through which the spirit of God will flow to the dead world. And my desire is that I have, after I have lived this world, I want to live it to the full and die empty. I don't want to leave anything still hanging around my life, but everything uh, would be gone. So that when I die and they put an epitaph on my grave, there's nothing to remember about me. Everything I have done it, it's finished, dusted, and done. Praise the Lord. Now, this morning, I want to talk about guarding your mind. You know, there is a scripture in Second um, Corinthians chapter 10, I think beginning from the 3, I think we'll take that one as our head scripture, but there'll be many scriptures that are I'll be coming up with, and by God's grace, I'll be beamed up, and you can see them. Fourth, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but might in God for pulling down strongholds. Okay, let's go on. Casting down arguments. Where do arguments come from? From your mind. You know, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing what? The th every thought from your heart. You know, every thought. 
into captivity to obedience of Christ. Now, you see, the devil works through our mind. The battlefield that you have is actually not in the war zone with artilleries and bazookas. It is in your mind. And the Bible says, and we can continue some of the scriptures, Proverbs 4.23, the Bible says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. What issues? What issues of life? Everything pertaining to life is an issue. And the New English Bible puts it this way. Guard your heart more than any treasure. For it is the source of all life. The heart. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The Bible also says, the, the, the way the man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So it is about your thought. And in First Peter chapter 1, First uh, Peter chapter 1, 13, Peter also says the same thing. Wherefore, get up your loins of your mind, be sober. He's talking about getting up the loin, tightening up your mind. Now, your mind is such a crucial asset to a victorious life. And I want to talk about that. And I pray that by the end of this service, some minds will be loosed. Your thoughts will begin to change. Whatever things are beautiful, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, think about these things. But we always think about wrong things. And these are the things that give us depressions, give us worries, give us doubt, give us weakness in our bodies, everything about it. So your mind is such a crucial thing. The mind is a vital, that it is the main target certain attacks in man. That's what he uses. He uses the mind to attack you. The mind is the eye of man. The mind is the eye of the man. What it sees and accepts shapes a man's life and determines his fate. That's what it does. This is why the devil would rather have more blind minds than blind eyes. We've just been singing a song. Perfect submission. All is at rest. Looking above. Here is a blind person who says looking above. So, the devil, the force of evil has blinded the people of this world and they can't see. So the devil would rather have more blind minds than blind eyes. He is and he will never succeed 
in putting anybody to the floor, anyone whose mind he has not first held captive. He will not defeat you until he can actually put your mind to the ground. Until he can subdue your mind. So the enemy cannot actually reach you except through your mind. So the moment he captures your mind, he has got you. Once you are captured, he's got on you. And you are done. It's a done deal for the devil. You know, Romans 8, 6 says, for, we, for to be carnal-minded or carnally-minded is death. But to be spiritually-minded is life and peace. There is a spiritualizing a process of the mind that actually makes the abundant life that Jesus came to offer us a reality. Jesus didn't come to paralyze your mind. Rather, he came to upgrade it. Jesus came to upgrade your mind. The enemy constantly hunting for your mind. It is the base of his operation. That's where he's operating from. Your mind. That is his stronghold. The way a man thinketh. Bringing all the bigotry and all the kind of life. It's the mind. It is the mind where you believe God. If your mind does not agree with the word of God. It doesn't matter how many prayers you are going to, to pray. You can fill the bucket with tears. God will not answer. You are just wasting your tears. If your mind is not tuned, conformed to Christ. I remember this past year in June, I was just going to to do ministry in the village. In fact, I'd arranged a meeting with leaders. And then I'm traveling in this vehicle and we arrive very late in the morning, around 02, 03, and I take a small nap before sunrise. Then while I'm sleeping, I see a vision. My wife is dead. And I said, I wake up, I said, no, this can't be. This can't be. Then I said, but your word says, come, let us reason together. So now let us reason together. <laughs> Let's talk. Let's have a talk. My wife can't die now. And especially when I'm not there. So I said, no. That won't be. Because your word says, whatsoever you ask, believe in your heart. And say them, you'll have whatsoever you say. So I said, my wife won't die. And I 
stopped, woke up in the morning. Around nine, I received a phone call from my daughter. My mother collapsed. And um, we've taken her to hospital. She's on oxygen. And I say, thank, thank you, Lord. The Bible says rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice always. There's no time to be sad. No, that's what the Bible says. Rejoice always. If it says always, it is always. Give thanks to God in all circumstances. Not for all, but in all. So if it is in all, it means in all. Whether your wife is dying, give thanks. Rejoice. And the Lord. And to cut the story short, my wife was 15 days on oxygen. The oxygen levels are not increasing. They are not improving. And the doctors are confused. They don't know what to do. So on the 15th day, we prayed at home. And I said, she must come back home. At 15 hours, they called me at the hospital. Come and pick your wife. I got to pick her. She's still in the same condition. They're just removing the oxygen mask. And she doesn't even know where she is. We walk home. We arrive home. The following morning, she's up and running. And she's fine. In your thoughts. Whatsoever you think. The enemy is hunting for that. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 23, get thee behind Satan. He took, you know, the devil took over Peter's mind. And Peter became Satan on the spot. When the devil took Peter's mind, Peter became Satan on the spot. And Jesus recognized him as Satan. Get behind me, Satan. He was talking about Peter. He became suddenly became Satan. And said, get out. Get behind me, Satan. <coughs> Peter no longer saw things the way God saw them. He stood against God in the arm of the flesh. So every time you find yourself arguing against the word of God, just know that the devil is behind it. Just know that the devil is behind it. Um, yesterday, Andrew, you know, posted something um, to do with saying, I know God. And then somebody else answered. Said, no, this is, this is delusion and what have you. And then I replied. I said, But the word of God says we can know God. And if it says it's settled, it means I can know God. So I'm not bragging about it. I can know God. And those that know their God, they will do exploits. So 
You can't. So, every time I said, when you find yourself arguing against the word of God, just know that the devil is behind it. His ministry is to make you captive. So you become an enemy of the truth. You now find yourself turning your back on the truth. Each time you come in contact with it, you begin to worry about it. Second Corinthians 4.4 4 says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the mind of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. So the devil makes sure that your mind is blind. You can't see anything. Now the principal access of the enemy into the believer's affairs is through the mind. The Bible says, then Satan entered into Judas, son named Iscariot. He entered, Satan entered into Judas, Luke 22, the 3. So he lost his sense of value and decided to sell his master for 30 pieces of rand, 30 pieces of silver. The mind. Now, once we, we tune our mind to begin to think the thoughts of God, things begin to change. I remember one time, I went to the hospital. That was a long time ago. And then the doctor checks my, my pressure, blood pressure, and says, oh, you have high blood pressure. He said, when am I going to be okay? Then he said, well, high blood pressure is a condition that needs you to, be, to control it. You should not be too excited. You should not be too angry. Make sure you are in control. And I said to the doctor, as I left the hospital, I said, I'll never come back again. <laughs> I'll never come back again. Then as I was going home, I said, Lord Jesus, you say you dwell in me. Since when did you become relatives with high blood pressure? <laughs> Since when did you become unfriend? If you dwell in me, then high blood pressure must go. And I've never gone to the hospital. I don't have a card in the hospital anywhere in the world since 1978. What I'm not saying, quote me well, I'm not saying Christians cannot, cannot fall ill. I'm not saying you cannot be sick. You know, we are in this world. I do get sick. I too feel 
certain things go wrong in my body because this body doesn't get saved. It will get saved one day when we shall put on a new man, when the incorruption put on, when the corruption put on incorruption, and then we shall all be changed. At that time, then this body will be saved completely. But for now, we will still have this problem. But it is the way you think. And I'm sure those of you that are in the medical field, you will understand that actually, sometimes certain things that are on the people, it is the way they are thinking. They say if your brain tells you, and I don't think it's the brain, if your brain tells you you are well, you start working. That's why it says renew your mind. Meditate upon the word of God. You know, the people in the HIV arena say, no, be positive. Why, why do they say be positive? They are just running short of saying that. Believe what God says. If God says you are healed, believe you are healed. If God says you are okay, believe. When you say it is well with my soul, it is well with my soul. You must believe it is well. You can't go and be saying it is well with my soul when you don't believe it is well. You go to a mountain and you, you, you shout at the mountain and say, Mountain, get out of this place. Tomorrow I want to make a farm here. <laughs> and then you, you go back there in the morning and looking from very far, you still see the mountain. You say, I knew that it will not go. That's not faith. <laughs> you can't call that faith. You must believe that those things you say will come to pass and you shall have whatsoever you say. Amen. Amen. You see, one day a young lady came to me and said, I have been married to my husband, now we are five years, and we've been looking, desiring that we can have children. But we can't. Pray for us. So what I said to her, I said, start buying napkins. Start buying napkins. Oh, you know what napkins are? Diapers. Start buying diapers. In readiness to receive, start buying showers. In readiness to receive the baby. Well, that lady believed what I said. And you know the Bible says, believe God and believe his prophets and you will be established. So she believed. And she started preparing for, to receive the baby. And when that time came, you know, she conceived, and two, she conceived again, two. <laughs> she conceived again, two. <laughs> and then he, after the, these two were born, now there were six, she, said, she called and said, Pastor, 
I think. Pray for me. And I said, what is the problem? Have children stopped coming? He said, no. There are too many. <laughs> and then I said to her, listen, ma'am. I can only undo what the devil has done. But what God has done, I cannot undo. So maybe what you can do is try family planning. we said it with the mouth we speak and things happen there is no way brethren Satan can get to you except through your mind look at the rich fool for instance the devil woke up woke him up in the night and he said to him there's nobody like you in the whole of this community. You have enough to eat and drink. Even if you, you don't work till you die. There's plenty. So the man must have just stood up and looked at himself in the mirror and perhaps said, Ah, I know what I'm going to do. I'll pull down all these bands. I have, and say to my soul, it is time to relax. Now the devil had polluted his mind. Look at the words he was using. I, I, I. He kept on saying I. Kept resounding. God became irrelevant to him. It is I. The devil made him displease God so that he would actually get him. So your mind is a battleground. Your mind is a battlefield. It is a battlefield. And so it is important for us to know what God says. You believe in God believe his word, if all people believed the way God they believed God his word I'm sure we would be having a nice time every one of us would be getting answers to our prayers without any problem, look at this I'm told that um, in America there is a place called Niagara Falls you know they usually uh, have um, you know, guys tie a rope from one end to the other, and they are the rope walkers. I don't know how they do that, but he, he goes there. And I'm told one day the guy comes with a hoover, he puts buckets of, pockets of cement, and he pushes on that rope to the other side. And then he goes back, he takes some sugar and he goes there. And he asks people, do you believe I can do this? And they say, yes. Yeah, we know you can do Yeah, 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 we can see. Then he does, pushes this. Then at the end he says, any volunteer? Any volunteer to sit here so that I push you across? 
Any volunteer. From Wellington, any volunteer. <laughs> and most cases, even though they could see that he could do these things, no one dared to volunteer. That's exactly what we do with the word of God. We know God has said it. We know it is written. We know it is there. But when God says, believe it, uh-uh, this is not for me. This is not for me, it's for other people. Yes, they can pray and God can answer them, but not me. But if we begin to believe God as he says, then we'll have our answers without any question. We'll have our answers. And I'm told, later on, a small kid, very young, volunteered and said, I'll sit on that and push me across. And it turned out to be that actually that volunteer was his child because he trusted the father that, God, that the father can do it. The father cannot risk his son. And so he sat there and was pushed. Now when you are a true son and daughter of God, you will trust him regardless of whatever. And when you do, you'll get your answers. All of you that have children and kids, put your daughter here on top of this speaker and say jump do you think they will hesitate to jump what are they going to do they'll jump why even when you are sick and weak they don't care they know you will be strong enough to hold them and that's the way we should treat the word of God once we treat God's word that way we will have whatsoever we ask of him and he will do it. There will be no argument. It is in the mind. You are arguing with God. The creator, the one who created you. You argue with him. He tells you, I will heal you. You say, no. On what ground? <laughs> the Bible says we no longer walk by sight. We should not count ourselves as if we are living in this world. It's not by sight. It is by faith. You receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior by faith. You didn't have to feel some spooky feelings or some electrical sh shocks in your body to, to prove that you are born again. You just received Jesus Christ by faith. And that happened. And you are happy. So why can't you believe God for any circumstance that is in your life? Without arguing and start calculating, bring calculus in, in the whole uh, issue of recruitment. If God says, just do it. Hallelujah. If God says it, just do it.
I've always known that God, whatever God says is final. No matter what people have said about you, there are some today who are still being held captive because of what their parents, because of what somebody has said about them, but what does the word of God say? There are yet others who are expecting problems before they even come. You know, this is in our blood. This is in our genes. It is in our inheritance. You know, my father was asthmatic. My grandfather was asthmatic. I am asthmatic. My children are asthmatic. You are expecting problems even before they come. You know, my mother was demon-possessed. And before I became a Christian, I actually was demon-possessed. And when I got delivered from demons, I put a boundary. I said, any demonic possession ends with me. Beyond this is no access. The devil must end here with me because now I know the truth. My children are covered, washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, protected because they are mine. They belong to me. And that, is, that settles it. You know, there are people, even born again guys, filled with the Holy Spirit. Some people even send their wives packing because of certain things. Friend, your mind has to undergo rejuvenation. You have to come uh, out of your cocoon of bondage and tell yourself, I am not made for trouble. I am made for peace. I am not made for failure. I am made for success. Jesus said, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is his assignment. Steal, if he can't kill you, he will steal your peace. He can kill your joy. He can kill, destroy your success. That is his job. That is his assignment. That's what he does every day. He is a full time. Now, most of us sometimes are part time Christians. When the devil is 24-7. Working part time SMOs, Sunday morning only. We find ourselves praising the Lord on, this, on Sunday morning only. The other day, you go home, and I've heard people say the devil is waiting for you outside. The moment you leave the church, he's there outside waiting for you to accompany you wherever you are going. No, it's in the mind. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, the old things are part of him, and the new has come. 
And therefore, there is no way the devil can follow me. In fact, the scripture says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Not the devil and demons following me all the days of my life. So the devil must get lost. You know, the people today are so much devil conscious than God conscious. When you are praying, binding the devil, we bind the devil. Yeah, yeah, we bind. And sometimes I wonder, I said, who keep loosening him? <laughs> when every time they are binding him, but who is loosening him? Now, I mean, if he's bound, he must stay bound. The problem is you are doing the wrong job. That's not your job. The Bible says Jesus will bind the devil for 1,000 years. For now, he is loose. But the good news is that the devil is not in Wellington when he's in Cape Town. <laughs> That's the good news. The good news is the devil is not in South Africa when he's in Zambia. Because he's not everywhere. The devil is not everywhere. The devil is not omnipotent, he's not omniscient, he's not knowing everything. The devil only know, knows a bit. Do you want me to prove to you? The Bible says, if they had known, they would not have crucified the Prince of Peace. If the devil knew that by crucifying Jesus, that was, he was actually creating his own Waterloo. He was not going to allow the people to crucify Jesus. But it's because he didn't know, he was blind. And he wants you to make you part of his clan. The clan of blind people. That's what the devil does. That is what the devil does. He attacks your mind by bringing all he can see around you, challenge all you that you claim to know. He doesn't have a Bible. In fact, he doesn't have a Bible. He only challenges whatever, you know. He will tell you it's also written. He's reading the same one you have. For somebody who is believing God for a child, for example, he reminds her, what about that X-ray you took? You know, don't you remember? that your tubes are blocked. He constantly uses occurrences and situations around as a point of reference. That is why the Bible recommends that we walk by faith and not by sight. We were in a meeting one day and then a young man was preaching. And as he was preaching, you know, invited people to the front to be prayed for. And then um, one of the Pentecostal preachers, the, 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 the host pastor, came and whispered in the ears of the young man who was now to pray for people. Because the certain lady had come in front and wanted to be prayed for. He said, no, this lady is blind and she has no bows. She has no bows in the eyes. So this is not a case for prayer because there are no bows. 
The young man says, the Bible didn't say, you shall lay hands on those with bows and they shall see. <laughs> but he says, the blind eyes will open, whether bows or no bows. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. Now you begin to walk by sight. And when you walk by sight, you cannot do anything. It's not by sight, whether there are bows or no bows. And so the young man just poked his thumbs into those bows. And suddenly the woman says, I can see. God is the one who created you. And he has all the spare parts. <laughs> he has all the spare parts in stock. So the doctor can tell you any story. Yes, according to their knowledge, that's right, that's correct. You can't argue with them. But God has a different, he has a final say. He is the final consultant. He's the one we can go and consult and find out exactly what is the problem. He has the final say. My young, my, my, the young sister to my wife was diagnosed with a cardiac problem some 10, 10, 11 years ago. And I saw the cardiac report and the cardiac scan and they told her, you will not leave. In the next three, four months, you'll be gone unless something is done. Then I said, what does the Bible say? The Bible says, he himself took our infirmities and by his wounds we were healed. And if we were, then you are. And we prayed. It's 11 years now, she's still alive. That's what God can do. They can tell you your tubes are broke, broke something is missing in your body. You cannot conceive, you can. God will put it in spare part. <laughs> he is not lacking any spares. They are there. He has them. Believe the word of God. The Bible says, the exception of this righteousness shall not be cut off. The expectation of the righteous people shall not be cut off. Proverbs 24, 14. So what you expect, God will not cut it off. Don't look at your tomorrow and say, what a brick tomorrow. This is terrible tomorrow. Renew your mind. Think correctly. And that's why I'm here today to tell you to think correctly. No, my business is not running right. You try to calculate, you do things the way they're supposed to do them, but nothing is happening. But let me tell you, once you get the thoughts of God right, and they form part of you, I can assure you, all things are possible with everyone. You know, there are two scriptures. There's one that says, with God, nothing is impossible. But then there is another scripture which says, all things are possible 
to everyone that believes. So, with God, there's nothing impossible. And to everyone that believes also, there's nothing impossible. If you believe in God, nothing is impossible. It can be done. It can be done. You're having that problem. You think things are not right. Things are not moving okay. You want to surrender. You want to give up. Oh, it's not time to give up. It's time to walk in the victory. It is time for you to enjoy the goodness that the Lord said he has promised to all those who come to him. You need a fresh baptism of the mind renewal. That's what I'm saying. It is time to build a mental picture of a glorious life. That transcends the limits of your salary, the limits of your problems in your family background, the limits of everything that you, you think is important. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, Ephesians 4.23 says. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Think positively. Every evil work proceeds out of your thoughts. The man who gets to the point of slapping his wife had already a plot to plan way before. Why should you slap your wife? You know? And sometimes you say certain things that annoy people. Oh no, that was a slip of a tongue. Why doesn't the tongue slip and say, God bless you? <laughs> Why does the tongue not slip and say, God bless you? It only sleeps for wrong things. <laughs> no, it was a slip of a tongue. No, it can't be. It was planned. From the abundance of the, the heart, the mouth speaks. What you... You put in your heart, that's what you're going to speak. So, you can't say it's a slip of a tongue. It was planned. It was. What do you do to your mind to make it resist the enemy's pollution? Your mind must be correctly tuned to God. To know exactly what to do per time. You need to spiritualize your mind. You need your mind to be tuned to God. For to be carnally minded is the death. But to be spiritual minded is life and peace. Romans 8, 6. So, brethren, you know, Judas... You know, I said about uh, Satan had taken over Peter's mind. He took also the mind of Judas. But thank God, Peter eventually overcame. But Judas ended up a victim. Satan took over the mind of Eve. She shifted the mind from God's commandment. And according to Paul, in his writing... Uh, in 2 Timothy 3.13 and 2 Corinthians 11.3, Eve was deceived. She wasn't overpowered, no. She was deceived. It was not an overpowerment. It was a deception. So, 
But the Bible says in Isaiah 26.3, it says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. You will keep him in perfect. You will keep him sound as long as he, his mind is stayed on you. If you give your mind over to the devil, he will steal your destiny and you must be alert. When the devil comes to cloak your mind with wild imaginations and thoughts, clear it up by praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Spirit. You know, do you know 1 Corinthians 14 says when one who prays in a tongue does not understand what they are praying and uh, you know, even the people around him don't understand. That's the only way the devil cannot wiretap. That's the only prayer the devil cannot wiretap. You just, what's happening here? He will be confused. Of course, there are tongues that pertain to interpretation. Some of them, the, when you speak to them, they are prophets and people can hear, can understand, and can, can get edified and somebody can interpret. But when you pray for self-edification, spend more time praying in tongues. Pray in tongues. The devil will be there. What is, what is the agenda on the prayer? The spirit within you prays. With groanings that cannot be uttered. Only the spirit will be able to get to God. So when you are having these problems. Um, if I'm getting too far. Hello. If I'm getting too far. Just raise the, the flag. And uh, <laughs> I say hey. Um, time up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But uh, anyway I'm, I'll soon be over. I may not even end um, what I'm saying because I can sense that God, God is already doing something in the hearts of men and women here. And there will be the calibration of minds, change of attitude, change of doing things to believing God the Almighty, breaking every barrier that the devil has put and so that we can get our things done. Hallelujah. Pray the name of the Lord. You're still here? Yes. You're still here? Yes. If you still love me, wave your hand, let me see. <laughs> if you still love me, praise the Lord. You might be telling yourself, I want to enjoy life. I want to be in the will of God. But my mind seems to be the enemy of my soul and future. Your mind must be active participation with your spirit in order for the covenant to work for you. Your spirit must be in active participation. You must constantly have a spiritual perspective of life. It doesn't matter if the whole world seems swallowed up in problems. It doesn't matter. They just won't affect you. You know, Corona nearly took over the world. And whosoever, however it came, never seen a thing like that. But we said, remember, anything that is created.
created has an expiry date. Anything that is created has an expiry date. If you were created by God, you have an expiry date. Sickness is a creation of the devil. It has an expiry date. Problems are created, are caused by other things. They have expiry date. The only one who does not have an expiry date is God. You know, sometimes we use long, wrong language and we say God exists. God does not exist. You got me? We say God exists. God does not exist. He is. God is. Because if he exists, it means he has an expiry date. Anything that came into existence has an expiry date. But God doesn't have an expiry date. He is. He is. God is. And when you know him at that, then you know that he is above everything. Then you know he can do all things. He is. He doesn't have to exist. Because if he came into existence, it means he was not there before. Then now he has come to exist from somewhere. You only come to exist from somewhere. But God never exists. He is. He has always been. And will always be. So that's why I can trust him. I can't trust somebody who just came to, into existence just like me. He also has his own expiry date. And when he expires, so I will also expire. But God doesn't expire. And because he doesn't expire, I can trust him. I can face tomorrow. Because he's there. I know my redeemer lives. Hallelujah. You read the story of Enoch. He says, the Bible says, Enoch walked with God. And God took him. Why did God take him? Why did God take him? The Bible says God took him because it was there was this account that wherever he was, in all his time, he pleased God. And the Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. And so he didn't die because he lives. Hallelujah. That's the reason he didn't die, because he lives. So when we get there, things change. And when, it, when I reach that point, brethren, the Bible talks about us to rejoice every day. Rejoice always, and again I say rejoice. The joy of the Lord is my strength. If you want the weakness, then be moody. Looking like you have been baptized in lemon juice. <laughs> oh no! Joy of the Lord! It's my strength! Rejoice always again and I say rejoice! 
The Bible says, have no anxiety about anything, but with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And what will happen? The peace of God will guard your heart. You'll be at easy. Stand still. Still know that the Lord is God. When problems come, I just stand still. I just say, thank you, God. Hallelujah. I just say, thank you, God. When you thank God like that, you agitate him in heaven. He gets excited. And he does things for you. Relax. Be at ease in the Lord. Do not have any anxiety. He says do not fit around. Do not get agitated because of the situation around you. I, can, I see people sometimes pacing up and down. Oh, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do? Even if you pass 100,000 times, it doesn't change the situation. The only thing that changes the situation is to relax and have tea. <laughs> God will keep the perfect heart of the one that is stayed in the Lord. His heart will be at peace. And when you are peace, no anxiety, nothing, everything is okay. You know, what do they call those depressions come in? Depression, depressed, oppressed, or whatever. Nah. We are children of the Lord. I am a child of the king. And if I'm a child of the king, I must live like a child of the king. The devil must get lost. Get behind me, Satan. Go away. I don't even think about him. Because he's not a factor. He's not a factor in my life. He was defeated on the cross of Calvary over 2,000 years ago. And so if he was defeated, then he stays defeated. And I am a victor. Not a victim. I am a victor and not a victim. Not a victim of circumstances. But I must know that in my mind. Transformed in my thinking. Think the, thing, the thoughts of God. And the thoughts of God are always pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. Whatsoever things are worth talking about. Think of these things. Don't think about things that will let you go into some oblivion. So, praise the Lord. So you need a daily renewal of your mind. And we're going to stop here. <laughs> Listen to me. I would love to pray with such a person or such people whose minds have been clogged by things that buffet him. You are thinking about a problem that you cannot have a solution for. And it bothers you day and night. You are thinking about the condition of your relatives, your friend, 
Maybe you are not even born again. Maybe you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You know, the only access to these things, it is through the entrance of regeneration, becoming part of the body of Christ. And once you become part of the body of Christ, Christ takes care of his body. And nobody will tamper. The Bible says, you have been transferred from darkness to light. And God has made you sit in, up in heaven, in Christ, in God. You are seated up in heaven, in Christ, in God. You are hid in God. That's your position. That's where you are. The devil is under your feet because you are in Christ who has put the devil under his feet. So if you are hidden in Christ and Christ is in God and you are in God, how wonderful it is to be there, seated with God. Wouldn't you want to sit with God there? Wouldn't want your mind to be tuned to God's mind? May the Lord liberate you. May you be set free. May you begin to think good thoughts. May you begin to think about good things. And then you will see the joy of the Lord coming upon you. Even when you are under serious circumstances, we do not walk according to sight. We do not regard ourselves as people who are alive in this world. All those people who die. But we must be people that are different. Let's stand to our feet. And I want to pray. I know God, his presence is here. I know God wants to do something. You are saying, my brother, what you have said is true. I don't care what the doctor has said. I don't care what you have seen with your eyes. I don't care what you have heard. But I care what the word of God says. If God says, then it's done. If God says so, then it is so. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's have a song of worship and as we pray for people, you know, those who want to come, afraid to come, and I am done. And I'll ask God that God will, will grant the desires of your heart. God will grant the desires of your heart. Praise the name of the Lord.